Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is Wednesday, the 19th of August, uh, 20 and 20. I'm Mike A-Race here with uh, our fine soccer beat writer, uh, Jacob Myers, and the striker, um, Kyle Robertson. And uh, both of them are, as I am looking forward to seeing what things are going to look like tomorrow, Jacob, when um, the crew is going to uh, dip its toe into... uh, uh, new territory and play a game uh, at its home stadium uh, without any fans, but with some media present. And this will be uh, their first game at home uh, since uh, the league paused in March. I think uh, they played on March 7th, I, I believe, is their last game. And, uh, of course, they were in the bubble in Orlando. They got three game, four games, uh, three in a round robin, one in the knockout. And that was, uh, what's today? We said it was August 19th. And that was uh, that was July so uh, when did they get knocked out? What day was it? So anyway, it's, it's been a month's time here, Jacob. What can you tell us about this game? And they were thinking about having fans. The league was, and uh, that changed. Tell us tell us what's going on here. Is this the first game that the MLS is going to play? No, Dallas and Nashville have played a couple. Uh, I would have to relook at the schedule, but tomorrow being Thursday, I believe is kind of the start of the rest of the league getting back in market. So it's a 7.30 game. It'll be on Fox Sports Ohio against the Chicago Fire, uh, 97.1 on the radio. And, yeah, it, they're going to actually pipe in crowd noise in the stadium, not the feed. I think the feed will pick it up a bit. I, I don't have a strong opinion either way on the crowd noise, but uh, they, I think they played with it last Thursday in a inner squad at Mafre. So they've just been training the past three weeks, having two inner squads, a 60-minute and an 80-minute leading up to here. Um, Caleb Porter said the approach was pretty similar to Orlando, given they had about three weeks of runtime before their first game of full team training. Look, I think we'll just state the obvious. Uh, Your hope is just no one gets infected with the virus as as this continues in in market. I know Ohio is doing better. Franklin County is doing better, but that's certainly a concern. But yeah, I, I mean, what I expect and what I'm really looking for is if the crew can execute better in the final third than they did that last game, I believe it was July 28th against Minnesota. And, you, you know, your first game at home against a team who Caleb Porter said, and I've watched this game as well against Seattle, uh, Porter was pretty impressed with the fire and some additions they've made. They're better, but I expect the crew to get a result. Kyle, is this thing going to work? Or <laughs> that's funny i'm thinking is this gonna work and and yeah. jacob's thinking are they gonna be better in the final yeah. third what are you thinking you know i think it's gonna be interesting to see all the different procedures and uh, rules that the media has to follow to kind of you know to, to test it out to see if it if it's going to work you know i think they are lucky that they had a very successful tournament down in orlando and also that you know the other leagues are doing fairly um you know fairly well there's a couple cases in baseball that's kind of popped up, but I think um, you know all the sports communities have have been learning the last couple months, and uh, you know I, um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, you know a game uh, without any fans with kind of piped in kind of crowd music, but uh, you know I'm I'm excited. I think uh, sports fans and crew fans should be excited that there are, that you know we're going to have live sports you know here in Columbus, and I think it's a it's a good first step to kind of hoping to finish a season. Yeah, I think it's uh, cross your fingers, you know. Uh, this thing, baseball hasn't gone as well as they had hoped. Um, 
although it's doing a little better than I thought it would at this point. They had some terrible problems there um, a low about a month ago trying to travel, not play within a bubble and travel. Um, this uh, virus is going to come back in another wave in the in the fall, and um, that'll be you know in the in the heart of this season. Jacob, how long does the season stretch? What's it look like for this league? So the season will stretch. They haven't released the entire schedule yet, but it'll stretch until the early weeks of November, starting then with an expanded MLS Cup playoffs, ending with MLS Cup in early December. Right now they're in, you know, everyone likes to break down into phases. They're in what is being called phase one, and I think they're going to have three phases of six games. So as of now, the crew start Thursday, August 20th, and end at Chicago, September 12th. And there is three home games, three away games. The crew announced this week that fans will not be allowed at this game. However, it's still up in the air for the next two. They're away Monday, the 24th at New York City, then the following Saturday at Nippert Stadium against FC Cincinnati, and then home again against Philly and Cincinnati before going to Chicago. So there is some time to see if the virus subsides at all. I'll let people make their own decisions if it's okay to have fans or not. But right now, the crew have a plan presented to Columbus Public Health and the Ohio Health Department. And I don't think if they would have gotten approval, I think they would have already announced that. So I think it's still under review right now. But as for Thursday, there'll be no fans. And, you know, I think as we just stated, we're just kind of hanging on the edge of our seat, see where this thing goes. Look, cases are going to pop up. I don't think it's realistic to expect no cases will. We'll just see, I guess, through this first week how, how bad it gets or how manageable it is. Jacob, let me ask you real real quick before we peel off this subject, but why are they playing without fans this game? And what was that decision based on? And what are the criteria that will allow them uh, the fans back in the stadium if if that indeed happens? Like, what are they looking at right now? So they didn't provide an exact answer to that. I'll just kind of read the, that they released from Bezpachenko. He, he says, quote, we have spent significant time, energy, and resources on developing a robust return to stadium plan, prioritizes health and well-being of players, fans, and community. However, given the current state of the pandemic, we will not be hosting fans at our match this Thursday night. And then he goes on to say they're they're hopeful uh, at, at some point that they can have fans. I don't know exactly what the threshold is going to be. I think it, you know, that answer. That there's also the question of what is the threshold that MLS would stop play? How much virus spread were there? There doesn't clear answer to that either. So I don't know entirely what they're looking at. I did write last week about the cruise safety plan. You can go view that on dispatch.com. Uh, headline was crew has planned for fans returning to Moffrey Stadium, but awaits feedback from health experts. Their plan was up to about 5,900 people in the stands. It's a little over 25%, I believe. And what Steve Lyons told me is just because they have a plan for this doesn't mean they're entirely committed. I do take him at his word. However, it just is hard for me to believe that if they get approved, they're going to say, no, we're still not going to do it. If the virus continues to hang around this 5% and doesn't see this huge outbreak again. Right. But they also have to look at the, if Ohio allows the crew, then they're going to have to allow baseball, the 
Cincinnati Bearcats, you know, all, all these other things. So they might have a great protocol and everything, but if they open up one for professional sports, they're going to have to open up all of them. And I don't think they're ready for that. Well, that's one side of it, Colin. They don't necessarily have to open for all of them, and I'll say why in a second. But you're also dealing with any number of different local protocols as you travel around the country. So um, those are puzzle pieces that you have to somehow fit together to play with, uh, you know, with the outside of a bubble. The other thing is, if you look at Ohio, where the governor, since Amy Acton left his side, it hasn't been the same uh, uh, governor when it comes to his daily news conferences and what he's telling the people. He went from uh, very definitive and, and quite authoritative about hi- handling this virus to, you know, yesterday announcing that, hey, high schools, yeah. do whatever you want. You know what I mean? If, if you want to have football players in a swimming pool of Gatorade, you know, <laughs> go right ahead. So if the parents and the, you know, uh, local school officials say so. So, you know, Mike DeWine, I'm not saying he doesn't care what anyone does, but he's not going to take any responsibility for what anyone does. And ergo, um, you can do whatever you want so long as your local authorities. So I assume if he can do that with high school sports, including contact sports, that he's uh, not going to. I don't think he's going to step in front of the crew right now, really. But it, don't it, you think it's different, though? I mean, the high school stuff, is, you know, from what I've read is there's no fans. There's parents and guardians and immediate family members. Right. You know, there's not, you know, if you're going to go to a Hilliard-Davidson and, you know, Dublin Coughlin football game, I wouldn't expect to be more than 300 people there, you know, cheerleading parents, you know, football player parents, you know, coaches, you know, family, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I think that's different than – saying, hey, there's 5,900 people, you know, fans that are allowed to come in. I think that's half of it when you're talking about high school sports. I think that uh, uh, the bigger side of it is is bringing together uh, thousands of athletes, um, um, a large portion of which are playing what you might be described as, as contact sports like soccer. Um, um, and uh, from all over the place uh, and then playing schedules. Now, um, that there are no – quote unquote fans and that only friends and family are allowed to watch them to me is is um is like 25 to 50 percent of the consideration somewhere in there and i look at uh you know the the soccer is the same way do you think that uh uh, no one's going to show up outside the stadium and you know listen to it on the radio you know i know jacob they have some uh they have rules about us in terms of parking and and uh uh, credential review process. They're being very careful about uh, about that sort of protocol. Yeah, so we're not going to be in the press box, which is normally on the east side of the stadium. Uh, the only way I know that is because we get blinded by the sun for these 7.30 kickoffs most of the time. But we're going to be on the north bridge now above the stage. They can more distance reporters. And, and Kyle, you have, you'll be designated, photographers will be designated to one particular section for the whole game. Is that right? Uh, yeah, there are two spots uh, on the stage uh, in the north end zone, and I believe 115, which is, uh, I think that's the southeast side um, of the stands. So we'll be able to be either in one of the two spots for the for the whole game. So. And just to be transparent with the listeners and, and those who, who follow our work, I did not go to Orlando because, one, personally, I, I did not feel comfortable to expose myself in that environment. But, two, the access wouldn't have been any different. And our 
the way travel will not be um, as substantial as, as past years. I think Cincinnati, like I'm fine with driving that and I might go, but the only difference for, there will be no difference for home and away games, essentially. The only benefit of going to an away game would be you get to watch it in person instead of from your couch. There's no extra access you would get because they're doing all video conferences with players and coaches post game. So just want fans and listeners to know that. But to your point about fans, Mike, I think the issue here and I will credit the crew. I think they have thought very thoroughly this. It's a 47 page kind of restart plan that is very detailed, but there's just no way you can police enough the movement of fans when they're in the stands or, or kind of socializing. Now they are expecting fans to stay. If they do have fans to stay wherever their ticket is on that particular side of the stadium, there's like a zone B and they're only supposed to sit, stay in their zone. But I just don't know how you can really enforce all of that. I, I don't think you can. You just have to rely on heavy compliance. Well, you know, uh, uh, this is a problem for another day. I mean, we'll see when they actually allow fans in. Um, uh, Jacob, uh, let's get back to this this restart here. Uh, um, and. And, and can they finish in the final third portion of our show, I guess? Um, uh, the crew is, uh, is undefeated right now. They have uh, technically the best record in the league. They were knocked out in the first round of the knockout stage of the tournament in Orlando, but that didn't count to the regular season. The three-round Robin games did, so they go to uh, 4-0-1 on the season. If memory serves me, it's been so long since I thought about it. Uh, they've made a couple acquisitions. How's the team looking, and who are those guys, Jacob? Well, who who knows how the team's looking because we're not going to be able to be training for a while, but uh, I know what you're saying. So the two players still injured right now, Eunice Mokhtar and Aloy Room, they're questionable per Caleb Porter. He said they're still evaluating them. That was yesterday, Tuesday, when we got to speak with him. Now, for the acquisitions they made, the crew traded Axel Schuberg, who didn't play a game and was a player the crew acquired in the offseason. They traded him to DC United for Emmanuel Boateng, a player that um, I think most fans around MLS will know of at least a little bit with his time with LA Galaxy. That same day, the crew acquired center back Grant Lillard from Inter-Miami in exchange for a third-round pick. Those were last Friday. And then on Monday, the crew acquired Fatai Alashi from FC Cincinnati for a second-round pick. If Alashi meets some unspecified performance standards, the crew will instead send 50000 in GAM. Um, the only thing you really need to know about these were these were depth moves specifically for winger and defensive midfielder, which I think we saw in the tournament that they needed an extra player there. And they got a, a backup. They kind of flipped Schuberg for Boateng and Lillard. Lillard just is going to be that extra piece in case there are more injuries at center back. Um, but they wanted MLS experience, so these guys wouldn't have to transition as much as maybe a foreign international signing and they got a couple of year guys who have spent six years in mls and alashi and boatang so like these were pretty low cost almost no cost and um they f- filled a couple holes kyle nine goals for one against five games that's pretty good uh especially for this team the way it's played in the past questions comments and uh what your expectations are here as we approach the restart well i think they want to improve on you know the 
the kind of poor performance they had, uh, you know, against Minnesota. And I expect them to kind of come out and kind of dominate and, uh, you know, put up, I hope to see three or four goals uh, tomorrow. And, uh, you know, to kind of, uh, you know, turn the ship kind of back around and kind of head head the same direction they were, uh, you know, they were heading, um, you know, in the group stage and, you know, to start off the season. So um, I think it'll be a, a focus group. You know, they'll be pretty locked in. And, you know, I'm kind of curious to kind of just see the atmosphere, you know, tomorrow and kind of see how the players kind of react to it. Because, you know, I, I, I think it's a little bit different when you're in the bubble than when you're kind of back home and kind of back in your routine and kind of seeing family and that kind of stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. So I don't know about you guys. Jacob, um, are you for the third year in a row predicting that they're going to win the supporter shield? <laughs> third year in a row. You're, you're, you're assuming I paid attention to the soccer before I got the job. <laughs> I'm not going to make any predictions until I would say the playoffs. <laughs> Look, they're they're in a good position, obviously, as the only team to win all three games in the group stage. And I think they absolutely have things they need to work out and are I think they're absolutely a contender in the East. I would not crown them as the favorite right now. Um, the fire will be without their starting goalkeeper, Kenneth Cronum, who who tore his ACL in training. So, look, I think there's an opportunity here to start off again on the right foot. Okay. I mean, you guys, I have nothing on my agenda here. Is there anything else you want to throw in before we get to we, – we do have some questions, do we not, uh, Jacob? Yeah, we have a couple Kyle, do you have those pulled up? Yeah, we can go. We can start hitting up some questions. Let's see here. The first one, somebody wants to know, has A-Race <laughs> a got a haircut yet during the pandemic? I have not, but my hair doesn't grow much anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I got, I can have a mullet. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, somebody else wants to know, um, Jacob um, or uh, A-Race, um, do you guys know if corporate um, ticket buyers have stepped up like they have for the Blue Jackets uh, when they got in financial troubles? Can't imagine uh, many non-corporate uh, ticket buyers buying or buying prices for premium seats um, while there are still cheap dirt cheaps elsewhere. So, have you guys heard of any corporate sponsors kind of stepping up during you know this stage or kind of uh, have they talked about that or anything like that? I had a couple. Yeah, yeah, I've been immersed in hockey. And I, I'm not. I couldn't answer the question, so I'll throw it to you. Yeah, I've had a couple conversations over the past months with um, Bezbachenko and Steve Lyons, and I think now as the season has started back up, especially toward the beginning of the MLS's back tournament, and with the stadium progressing as is, with you know, soft plug here, uh, we got an exclusive tour people have not listened to the podcast or checked out the content online for that please but i think since that stuff has picked up a bit they're engaging more with the corporate partners what bez and steve lyon said is look they're remaining in, they were remaining in good contact with those corporate power whatever the term you you want to use in in the city but uh, it wasn't the right time to talk about ticket prices and all that with the pandemic hurting businesses as it was. But I believe now it's kind of picked up more because, look, we're under a under a year before the first game in that new stadium. All right. Another one that's kind of somewhat similar um, about business and tickets and that kind of stuff. Uh, will they be able to sell many season tickets in the new stadium at these rates? And given the lack of the 2020 season, I'm 
aware of what those rates are um my dms are open on twitter um i do plan on doing some story about affordability at some point all right and then um somewhat kind of again another kind of similar does anyone know what's going to happen to the credits from this season i know they posted something on their website and that's what i've been referred to i can't quote it directly but there is something about having credits for next year know exactly that looks like because the ticket prices are going to change um like we're, we're not your ticket rep i'd ask those people all right question about the roster the left back position has been a difficult spot for milton not did not look great in the bubble does the team have a better chance with milton or jimenez at uh left back milton obviously um he's coming back from injury he even was hurt in that tournament yeah he didn't look great he'll need some time but uh, Hector did play well. I credit him, but Milton's better at that. He's just more talented. He's younger. Um, yeah, I think he's the clear starter. He's one of the best players on the team. I mean, there were times um, when he was the best player before he got hurt. Um, uh, I, I, I would say that's a no-brainer. All right. Uh, what has been your favorite Artur hairstyle in 2020? He did have the – did you see the cornrows? Yes, did I you did. see that at all? Those are nice. <laughs> I didn't see the cornrows. He, he has since got rid of them. He said it was growing too long in the back. I was kind of caring because I thought maybe he was a little self-conscious about it, which is why he changed it. Um, I, I said, I think if you have a defensive midfielder that is, quote-unquote, the destroyer that Caleb Porter thinks he is, you, you, <laughs> guy with, you want a guy with rows, do you not? Yeah. Uh, All right. I think, uh, I think yeah. he can pull anything off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. All right, uh, this is actually a, a pretty good question here that I haven't thought about. With soccer canceled at many colleges, has the team or league given any indication to a plan for their U21 players moving forward? I have no idea what they're doing with uh, with. The I didn't think the crew had a U21 team. I thought well, it went up there. I think the the question is more so about some of the academy guys that are uh, that are with the team, or sorry, some of the the crew. Um, Academy teams, yeah. Academy teams that have gone off to college or, you know, that have played elsewhere, you know, that are the, the crew still technically has rights to, um, you know, once they decide to kind of give up college. Yeah, I'm unsure. I'll, I'll look into that. That is an interesting question. Well, yeah, because a lot of the colleges, I mean, uh, you know, you, you don't have that fall season, you know, the, you know, the main season. So what, you know, are, you know, are the crew able to step in and bring some of the guys back in if they're not allowed to be on campus and are at home doing online school or other things? So uh, I think it is interesting. Um, all right. And the last one, uh, this is for Jacob. Uh, is life better as a single underscore Twitter account or do you miss the second underscore? I seem to be getting more love from from you guys for the single underscore, although I think Mike would, if he had his choice, just banish Twitter altogether. So I think well, single underscore is fine. I think the other thing you have to consider is that you might change your handle again next week. Yeah. That's your history. That and picking Supporter Shield winners. It could happen again next week. It could just be the Shield. That's Michael right. Chickless. Yeah. Yes, I like it. All right. How was the tour, guys, before I let you go? And there's a wonderful multimedia um, uh, thing that we have up online there. I, I encourage people to, to check it out. It's, it's, it's interesting. You can see in your mind's eye uh, wh where this thing is, is going to end up, or at least 
it's just cool to see the thing go up. Uh, tell me about your tour, uh, beginning with Kyle. You're the artist here. Well, I don't want to like steal your word, but it's going to be pretty massive. I mean, it is uh, truly um, – the sight lines are pretty incredible of, uh, of seeing downtown. And the one thing that I, uh, you know, took uh, away from it most was just how, on, uh, you know, once we were on, you know, basically midfield – and to kind of see the see where the stadium's going and, and seeing that the fans are going to be pretty on top of the players, which is which I thought was was pretty cool to see. Um, you know, you don't get that same feel at Moffray. You know, it kind of moves out. Um, you know, the stadium kind of moves out a little bit. Um, and just with the the roof and everything, I just think it's going to be a totally different experience. Um, you know, and I'm also curious on a on a side just to kind of see how tech you know i'm kind of a you know a, a techno um technology geek and kind of seeing all the the wi-fi and that kind of stuff kind of the in-game experience on, on that end but i think that's going to come kind of later on the final touches but um i was pretty impressed with the tour yeah the upper bowl will be at the similar angle i think 34 degrees that the nordec is going to be which should make for a pretty great and loud atmosphere I think the end of this month and through September, uh, you'll see even bigger changes as they start to add in the Nordec and also start on the roof, uh, which they're aiming to have done at the end of the year. So what it looks like now, it will be completely different and have a more fuller picture just in a few months here. All right, gentlemen. Well done. Thank you very much, Jacob Myers, the fine soccer beat writer here at the Columbus Dispatching. And uh, at K Rob Photo there, that's Kyle Robertson, uh, the striker and and the shield. Uh, I'm Mike A Race. Um, thank you for joining us, and then we'll get back to you soon, probably probably next week. I imagine Jacob, is that right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> so send your questions to Jacob and Kyle, and we'll see you then. Patrick Flaherty, kick us out of here. <laughs>